Welcome everyone to Defend American Beauty. This is episode one of the podcast. There's a few good things I wanted to talk about. Well, they weren't good things, but they happened, and uh, they have some pretty big effects on society. I don't think they have any direct negative effects uh, after this whole COVID shutdown, but it is the politicians really flexing their power in a way that is harmful to to most of the citizens. It's really them showing, hey, we're going to do this, and there's nothing you can do about it. So the first story is going to be California requiring masks everywhere. If you're in public, walking down the street, walking in the park, if you're not being arrested by police, you are required to wear a mask. The only exemptions are for children under two or in restaurants if people are spaced at least six feet apart. And this really is pointless because on one hand, all the facts have come out. We already know that this is a pandemic. It is manufactured outrage. And if you aren't aware, uh, yeah, I have news for you. <laughs> that's what That's what it is. There's many ways the numbers are being messed with. On one hand, hospitals are getting $30,000 for every patient that dies of COVID. So many deaths are being encouraged to be counted as COVID. There's one case of someone who was shot and they died and they counted it as COVID because they were running a high temperature. Up to... 25% of death certificates right now are suspected of being faked. There's plenty of, well, not faked, but the causes being misattributed. There are tons of anecdotes of families where a family member died and the cause of death was listed as COVID, but it really wasn't COVID, and they're having to fight with the hospital to get the proper diagnosis. This is also being encouraged because hospitals are not making any money from elective surgery. And I know elective, it's the word is elective, but they really aren't actually elective. A lot of elective surgeries are things like fixing a valve in your heart. These are things that could kill you in three, four, six weeks, but because you're not dying of it right now, it falls under the category of elective. So that's one way this this lockdown is actually causing more harm than the virus itself. And if you go back to when people were panic buying toilet paper and bread and cereal for some reason, I saw a guy, he he had both arms outstretched perfectly forward and there was just cereal boxes between his hands. Meanwhile, the bulk bags of cereal... That part of the aisle was completely full. Um, when people were freaking out earlier, the numbers didn't look too good. All we had was the clinical numbers. And the clinical numbers gave anywhere from a five, around a 5 to even as high as 10% death rate, which is actually extremely scary. That would warrant some of these uh, extreme actions from the government. But those are clinical numbers. Now that 
we've had time to run more studies and account for the number of either asymptomatic people who get it and recover without ever showing symptoms or the people who get it are sick, never go to a doctor, never go to a hospital just because it's another cold for them. When you include those people, the death rate falls to between 0.2 and 0.3%, which is identical to the flu. It's 0.2.3%. Only a few hundred people, I believe it's under 500 people who are under 40, have died from COVID. And something like 98% of them had pre-existing conditions. Almost everyone who is dying from COVID is extremely old and has pre-existing conditions. There was a uh, study done where they took everyone who died from COVID and they took into account their life expectancy. So if there's all these different factors that gives the government ability to set somewhat accurate standards for life expectancy. So coal miners generally lower than someone who works in an office. Gender, ethnicity, smoking tobacco, drug addiction, all these things affect life expectancy. And when you count for life expectancy of COVID deaths, the number of deaths, the death hours, number of hours loss lost of life expectancy, it goes to almost nothing. For example, if someone is 67 and they die of COVID, they did die of COVID, but when you average it out on this large societal scale, no life hours were lost due to their predicted lifespan. So when you take the 60,000 people who have died of COVID who are almost entirely senior citizens with multiple debilitating illnesses, the actual number of lives lost is under 2,000, which is negligible. It's less than the number of people who fall out of bed and die because of it. The number of people who strangle themselves in their bedding and either suffocate or strangulate themselves. So when you take into account life expectancy to these deaths, it is not affecting society in a major way. When you look at the clinical numbers and compare them to the actual number of people who have it, it is no, there's no cause for alarm. I do think this was a good test of our pandemic infrastructure, and I think it showed how unready we are for any sort of pandemic. But it was used by the politicians and government to seize power. It was used for corporate consolidation. Not only did many small businesses that were open for decades close down permanently, but owners who were faced with bankruptcy or going to jail decided to open up and go to jail to fight back. The media is spinning all these people who say, we want to end it because our lives are being ruined. The media spins those people as, 
Look at these idiots that don't believe in COVID. They don't even think it's real. Look at all these Trump supporters who don't think COVID is real. When it's apolitical, these people aren't protesting because they want to feel good. They're protesting because their family's business is gone. And they've gone from a decent living to owing tens of thousands of dollars in the course of a few months. So California has required pretty much everyone at all times to wear masks. This is punishable by a misdemeanor. Yes, a crime. Punishable by a $300 to $400 fine. Which is horrible, because at this point, now everyone's starting to, to ramp up the, the protections and wanting to wear masks and social distance even harder than before. But now we know it's... It's There's no cause for alarm. When you look at the number of people who are going to commit suicide, the number of people committing suicide due to mental health issues, businesses closing that they ran, unable to feed their family, more people are going to commit suicide and die because of the economic shutdown due to their entire lives being disrupted, due to economic policy rather than the disease actually harming them. And there's plenty of medical professionals. For example, one of the owners from, I believe it was Accelerated Medical Services in Bakersfield, which is a owner of a small chain of clinics, publicly said that he believes that the lockdown is going to harm more people than the virus itself. And his justification, if I'm remembering correctly, was the same thing I'm saying here is, when you look at the actual numbers of non-clinical numbers, the total number of people who have the virus, it's not killing an extreme amount of people. You're ignoring tons of people who had it and got better when you only look at the people who go to the hospital over it. And on top of that, the tests have been contaminated in both America and Britain. So we can't even be sure that these tests are actually completely accurate. A lot of these people who, who are tested are either going to test positive and not have it or test negative and have it because of this rushed new testing that hasn't been thoroughly vetted. Also, I want to finish up this point, this COVID story. Surgical masks don't protect you. They're not intended to protect you. When you go to the dentist or the doctor and they're wearing a surgical mask, that surgical mask is not to protect them from you. It is to protect, protect you from their germs. It is to protect the patient. It's to protect the person who isn't wearing the mask. And if you've ever worn one of those masks, I'm sure you have it at some point. They blow air on your eyes, even when you bend that nose wire to conform to your nose. It still blows air onto your eyes. There's gaps on the sides on your cheeks. There's a gap on your chin. People with beards, it's even less effective. So it's not filtering your air. Maybe 
a quarter or less of the air you're breathing is actually filtering through the mask. The rest is just going around the sides. So it's not giving you respiratory protection. Now, if there were an actual pandemic that would be a cause for alarm, it does provide a small amount of protection, but it needs to be combined with some safety glasses that cover your eyes. And that does actually offer some protection from people who spray it instead of saying it or someone who sneezes in your face because at least then you're not getting direct contact into your eyes and mouth and nose. And then the other aspect is it it stops you from actually fidgeting with your eyes, mouth, and nose. It physically blocks you from from touching it uh, when you're not thinking about it. You know, you itch your nose, you itch your eye. You don't think about it, but if you have that face wear on, you'll touch that and then you go, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to do that. Story number two. Uh, This was just a funny CNN article, the corporate news network, in defense of all things big business, big government, and us versus them mentalities. So I have a quote from one of their articles, uh, the West Point Ramp. This is an article exposing Trump's lies, constant lies. He had a a rally recently. I believe it was today. Quote, the president explained the reason he was so careful walking down the ramp was that he was wearing, quote, leather bottom shoes, end quote, and worried that he might slip due to the lack of traction. At one point during his explanation Saturday night, Trump repeated the claim on Twitter June 13th, that he ran down the ramp for the final 10 feet. Facts first. It's not true that Trump ran the final 10 feet of his descent down the ramp on June 13th. End quote. This is top-notch journalism. Trump makes a tweet saying he ran down a ramp, and CNN is, is the ever-vigilant watchdog there to expose Trump's dastardly lies of not running down a ramp. And this is how they get that number of Trump has told 300 million lies in one year of presidency is because they find just the dumbest things and nitpick them about, and they really make themselves look like a joke. I don't really know how anyone can take them seriously if you actually look into their claims. I mean, this is a site that uses Snopes for fact-checking, and Snopes has tons of articles where it asks a question, it says false, and you literally read the first three sentences or first paragraph of the article, and it confirms that, oh no, it's actually true, it's not false. They're just so misleading and and they lie. I think this term fake news really does expose and point attention to how the media lies to cover their preferred political party. I'm going to take a quick break. I will see you guys in a couple minutes. Some of you don't know that my goal is to spread a reasonable political viewpoint and debunk the dishonest pundits in the media. I'm trying to serve as an informative, fact-based resource to fight against the lying mass media. 
This mass media is owned by political parties on both sides who cater to their own people. I want to unite both sides with truth and solutions we can both agree on. If you enjoy this content, support it for free by subscribing to my mailing list. No spam, just new episodes. You can also help by sharing on social media with people who agree or disagree. It really helps spread the message of truth and good faith debate on the issues that affect us today. That really is the goal of this show, to spread political ideas with anyone who is willing to listen. If you would like to make a financial contribution, I do accept Bitcoin. This goes directly towards studio costs like hardware, software, equipment, and utilities. everyone we are back and just a couple things to talk about Uh, they're kind of related they're they're kind of similar to each other Uh, one is is Joe Biden and uh, he's fighting the fight he's fighting for the black community against Trump he he thinks this is the most important issue of our day is racism is Trump's racism he is against racism and he is the moral authority we should look up to in the face of discrimination that Trump offers. Despite being unable to point us to any of that without lying, you know, the famous quote that is spread everywhere, especially on CNN, is uh, Trump said there was good people on both sides at the Charlottesville rally. Trump said there was good people on both sides, referring to the the neo-Nazis and the good left-wing people. He said neo-Nazis were good. But the issue is they cut his sentence in half. They stopped him from finishing his sentence. The second half of that sentence is literally... Except for white nationalists, they are un-American, and I cannot support them. And you tell people this, and they say, what are you talking about? He never said that. And it's, it's just because they've been lied to by the mainstream media. These are basic facts about what people say. One sentence, and they'll chop it in half and completely lie about the intention of the statement. And with Biden coming out as a champion of racial equality, we should look at his record. Most people don't know this. Biden supported segregation in 1975. Yes, 11 years after the Civil Rights Act passed, Biden was still fighting against civil rights. He wanted minorities to be discriminated against in America. After we decided discrimination is not a good thing. So I have a quote from Biden. He is being asked about a constitutional amendment to stop court-ordered busing. This is Biden. Quote, that would clearly do it. We are trying to figure out whether or not we can come up with an innovative piece of legislation which would limit the remedy 
and I don't honestly don't know whether we can come up with something constitutional. And if we can't, I will not, in attempt to eliminate busing, violate the Constitution. I won't do that. The only way, if I'm going to go at it, I'm going to go at it through a constitutional amendment if it can't be done through a piece of legislation. End quote. So that last sentence is, is the key. And he's talking in a little bit of a word salad like Trump does. But he's saying... I want to push a legislation to end court-ordered busing and desegregation of schools. And if I can't do it through a piece of legislation due to it being unconstitutional, I will change the Constitution to enforce segregation. That's Joe Biden, the person running for president, saying how Trump is racist. Yet he is trying to literally change the Constitution to enforce or to not enforce racial equality. Something tells me people don't change that much unless it happens to start being politically convenient for him. And I know you might say that, you know, it's a different time that was a long time ago. So I wanted to point to one of Joe Biden's close compatriots, Hillary Clinton and Robert Byrd. You probably haven't heard the name Robert Byrd. He was a high-ranking KKK recruiter. So this is someone high-ranking in the Ku Klux, Klu Klux Klan. And he convinced people to join the racist organization. I want to give you a quote from this man. Quote, I shall never fight in the armed forces with a Negro by my side. Rather, I should die a thousand times and see old glory trampled in the dirt never to rise again than to see this beloved land of ours become degraded by race mongrels. A throwback to the blackest specimen from the wilds, end quote. This is someone who would rather see America completely fall and be destroyed than to fight side by side with a black man in the armed forces for America. Horrible, horrible person, he sounds like. So what's his relevance to today? Well, he's a close friend of Hillary Clinton. Yes, that Hillary Clinton that just lost in 2016 to Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton said he was, quote, a good friend and mentor, end quote. And can you guess when she said this? It wasn't in the 90s. It wasn't in the thousands. 2010 is when she said this. That's pretty recently, a lot more recently than Joe Biden's quotes about wanting to constitutionally enforce discrimination. So you have Joe Biden who wanted to constitutionally enforce discrimination. You have Hillary Clinton calling a KKK recruiter who would rather see America destroyed than fight with a black man. And he's, or she's praising him as a great friend and mentor. And these are the people trying to call Donald Trump racist for supporting legislation that Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Obama, and even Bill Clinton supported in the 90s and 
well into 2013, Obama and Hillary supported building a, quote, barrier, end quote, on the southern border. And when Trump says it, because he's a political enemy, they have to they have to flip their attitude and suddenly be against it. It really just goes to show they have no moral standards. They will say anything they can to win political office, to maintain political office, to keep their power in the office. And this is why you can't vote for them. Is because they will lie and lie and lie. They will be what they say the other person is. And they will do it all just to get your vote. So you really can't trust these people. There's one last thing I wanted to talk about. This is probably the most important thing I wanted to talk about. Immigration is a political strategy for the Democrats. The strategy of, I want to import voters. In America today, about 12% of people are first-generation immigrants. Another 12% are second-generation immigrants. So you have about 25% of America, their grandparents, were are not in America or were not raised here. And that's a significant amount of people. When you consider elections are... Not a lot of the population participates in elections. Maybe 40-45%. So when you have a quarter of everyone leaning Democrat, that is a significant sway in elections. On average, legal immigrants vote 70% Democrat. So again, 25% of people, 70% of them voting Democrat, that is heavily stuffing the Democrats' ballot numbers. And that's why they're pro-immigration. They don't care about immigrants at all. They only want Im immigrants so that big business can hire them at below minimum wage and then deport them if they get uppity and want to be paid a fair wage or they do something they don't like. Then they just call ICE in and take them away. Both Democrats and the Republican Party want labor. They want immigrant labor to pad their profits. Democrats especially focus on non-European immigrants so that when the media lies and calls Republicans racist, that they will vote for them. Vote for us to save you from these evil racists. Racists. Why six months before the 2020 election does racism become the spotlight? Why do suddenly riots break out everywhere? Every year in America, nine unarmed black men are shot by police. Black men in America are twice as likely, twice as likely to be hit by lightning and die than be killed by a cop while unarmed. They are twice as likely to die falling out of bed and die because of it. They're twice as likely to strangle and suffocate themselves in bed and die because of it than be shot by a police officer while unarmed. Meanwhile, we have 60,000, 70,000 people dying from heroin because legal doctors are prescribing people opiates. They get addicted, 
They can't afford the pills, and they switch to heroin because it's cheaper and they're already addicted. I think 60,000 people dying from heroin and other opiates and fentanyl is a bigger issue than nine people being shot while unarmed in a country of 327 million people. But that's just my opinion. I would put 60,000 before nine. Maybe I'm just a racist. So, it, it's no wonder that all these riots are happening because it is an election year. All these lies the Democrats were pushing, whether it's Russia, whether it's uh, Stormy Daniels, impeachment trial, Ukraine, all this stuff with zero evidence. Stormy Daniels came out publicly and said it was a lie. That just gets swept under the rug. And for the next six months and even possibly after the election for a few months, they're going to rile everyone up with racism. They're going to lie to them just to get them riled up. Because that is their political strategy, is racism, calling the other party racist, vote for us or you will die. That is their platform. And importing people to vote for them. Anyways, I hope you guys like this episode. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to my mailing list and receive new episodes directly in your email inbox. Be sure to spread on social media to share the message and have a good one.